Welcome to the Tribal Podcast. We believe that true deep learning happens when you understand, remember, and deliberately practice your newly acquired knowledge. This podcast covers the first part, understand. So together, let's get the key takeaways from this book, Understood. Being a leader is about managing people without causing resentment. And Dale Carnegie recognized this was a fine balancing act and came up with nine tips for being an effective leader. The first principle relates to giving feedback. If you've ever had to confront someone with negative feedback, you know it can be an unpleasant experience, but it doesn't have to be. The key is to start off by saying something positive, then following it with the negative feedback, and this helps to soften the blow. And Dale Carnegie himself uses this method when giving feedback. They had hired a trainee sales assistant who was slow at cashing out, and the manager was getting frustrated and wanted to fire her. Instead, Carnegie decided to watch her. He could see that she was great with the customers and the only problem she had was with cashing out. So when he went to talk to her, instead of knocking her confidence by just highlighting what she was doing wrong, he praised how well she interacted with customers. He then mentioned she was a bit slow at cashing out because they could go through the whole procedure again. So when he went to talk to her, instead of knocking her confidence by just highlighting what she was doing wrong, he praised how well she interacted with customers. He then mentioned that she was a bit slow at cashing out. The sales assistant knew that Carnegie saw her as a competent employee and she was able to follow the cashing out instructions fairly easily after that. So when giving feedback, start with the positive. Tell the person what they are doing well. This shows them that you have confidence in their ability. Then tell them what they need to improve on. They'll be better able then to absorb this feedback when they know that you have confidence in them. Next thing then is to call attention to mistakes indirectly. It isn't always necessary to pull someone aside and point out their mistake, especially if you're dealing with someone who may react badly to criticism. Sometimes it can be done in a more subtle way by drawing the person's attention to their mistake. This allows them to realize the mistake for themselves and gives them the opportunity to self-correct. A store manager noticed that the sales assistants were chatting and laughing in the corner of the store while there was a customer waiting to be served. Instead of directly confronting them, he served the customer himself and handed the item to the sales assistant to be wrapped. This let the sales assistants know that he saw they'd left a customer waiting without him having to speak to them. So when it comes to pointing out mistakes by doing it indirectly, you can lead by example by showing how the job should be done properly. Use the word and instead of but, but if you use but, it erases what you've said before. So instead of saying you did a great job, but sales need to go up, you can say you did a great job and next time we will see an increase in sales. It shows you have confidence in the person But at the same time, you're drawing attention to the fact that sales need to go up. Next thing then is to talk about your own mistakes. A good leader will always give examples of when they made mistakes to help others learn. When giving criticism, start by talking about the similar mistakes you made in the past and how you corrected it. It makes it easier for the other person to hear the criticism if they know that you yourself made the same mistake in the past. An engineer knows that his secretary was frequently making spelling mistakes. He himself had issues spelling and decided this provided him a way of gently confronting the secretary. He pointed out one or two words that she had spelt incorrectly and told her he had problems spelling those words too. But he developed a system where he could look up the words he was struggling with in a dictionary and then write them down in a little notebook. This way he could quickly check the spelling and the engineer noticed an immediate improvement in the secretary's spelling without having to directly confront her. So before giving criticism, 
Think about the mistakes you've made in the past. Keep in mind that beginners can't perform at the level of experts. They need to learn through the mistakes just like you did. So admitting your similar mistakes you made will help the other person feel less disheartened. Next thing then is to ask questions instead of giving orders. We've all had orders barked at us at some point in time and it definitely rubs us the wrong way. Giving someone a brash order to do something is a quick fire way of building resentment. Instead, an order can be placed with a question. Phrasing an order as a question sparks creativity and helps people feel they were involved in the decision. And this makes it more likely that they're going to carry it out. Here's another example from the book. A manager at a manufacturing plant received a big order. He was eager to accept the order, but was worried about delivering it on time because of the size and the heavy workload the company was already under. Rather than ordering the employees to work faster, he consulted with them. He explained how important it would be to get this order. He asked them if there was anything that they could do to improve on so that they could take the order. The employees were able to come up with ways to speed up the manufacturing and told the manager, accept the order. So avoid giving a direct order. Use questions instead that lead the person to the solution. So questions like, you think this would work? Maybe if you do it this way, it would be better. Uh, you might consider doing it this way instead, and so on like that. Next thing then is to let the other person save face. And this is a huge one. The feeling of being reprimanded in front of others is humiliating. Our dignity is shattered and all we want is for the earth to swallow us up at that moment. And not surprisingly, we come to deeply dislike the person who has done it to us. This is why giving the person the opportunity to save face is vital when you have to deliver negative feedback. A general electric company needed to remove an employee from their position as head of the department. The employee was an expert on electricity and invaluable to the company, but being head of the department didn't suit their skill set. Instead of removing him from the position which would have been humiliating, the company made up a new title form called Consulting Engineer. and This allowed the employee to save face and for the company to fill the head department role with a more suitable person. So the thing is to keep, keep from humiliating people and let them preserve their dignity. The worst case scenario is when you have to let someone go. Uh, some, obviously, there's no way around it sometimes if you have to let somebody go, but there's ways to do it to help them preserve dignity. Tell them they did a good job if they did. Give examples of the hard work you saw them doing and let them know the company is proud of them and wish them luck for the future. The next thing is to praise the slightest improvement. It's like having kids, this one. Um, every, every improvement you're looking for, um, you have to kind of heap praise on it. But think about this, right? Do you remember a particular teacher from school that inspired you and transformed your thinking? The chances are they saw potential in you and wanted you to do well and succeed. So how did I do this? By giving constant praise and encouragement. Here's another example from the book. An owner of a printing company noticed that one of his employees had made some material that was of the highest quality he'd seen in a while. The owner was surprised then when the manager complained about the attitude of this employee that they were planning on firing. The owner went to talk to the employees and he told them how amazing his work was and the company appreciated his talent. The employee's attitude completely changed. He was overheard in the lunchroom telling the others that the company knew high quality work when they saw it. And that's a, I mean, that's, and when it comes to giving praise as well, it's important to make sure that when it's given, that it's precise and uh, direct. It's not just general kind of vague praise. It's like if your kid does a drawing, tell them specifically that you like that they did a blue sun kind of thing uh, in a yellow sky. That's the kind of thing that you're looking for is pick out specifics and uh, focus on them. So when you notice hard, hard work or good work, be sure to praise it and tell people that you recognize and appreciate their work. It doesn't have to be a major accomplishment. Even the smallest improvement is worth encouraging or worth praising. And that encourages people to do well when they know their efforts don't go unnoticed. 
Next thing then is to give the person a reputation. How do you deal with an employee whose quality of work has declined? Do you criticize them? Do you give them a warning? No, you heap praise onto them. Carnegie describes how truck dealership manager had to deal with this exact situation. One of the mechanics was cutting corners and the quality of the work had gotten quite bad. But instead of reprimanding the mechanic, the manager called him in for a chat. The manager told him that his work had been of a high standard and that many customers had commented on what a good mechanic he was. The manager then said that the work the mechanic had been doing recently was below his usual high standard and was wondering if there was a problem. The mechanic was deeply apologetic and promised to do better. So instead of criticising the mechanic harshly, the manager gave him a reputation to live up to. So when it comes to criticising someone, uh, it's not going to help them improve. It only creates resentment. To improve an aspect of a person's performance, you act like they have that trait. You label them positively. Label them in the way that you want them to behave. You've been assigned this project because you've always delivered on time, that kind of thing. It gives them a reputation to live up to. The next thing then is to use encouragement. Have you ever been told that you're really bad at something? Maybe you've been told you aren't very good at maths or at languages. Did it inspire you to, to, to work even harder to get better at it? The chances are it didn't. And Carnegie tells us that this is because telling someone they are useless at something is a guaranteed way to take away their motivation to improve. But finding a hint of something that can be praised, even if it's a little white lie, has the opposite effect. It shows confidence in the other person and this motivates them to improve. A friend of Carnegie's found this out for himself firsthand. He was about to get married and needed dancing lessons. The first teacher said he was a bad dancer and would need to learn from scratch. He felt completely deflated and he quit. But he had no choice but to persevere because of the upcoming wedding. So he went to another dance teacher and she said his dancing uh, as a little, as, it was a little old-fashioned but nothing that couldn't be fixed by learning some new dance steps. Uh, you can tell his book is 75 years old. Isn't it amazing? Uh, she even told him that he had a natural sense of rhythm. Uh, he continued the lessons and bit by bit he improved. The second teacher gave hope and encouragement, you see. She showed he ha she had faith in his abilities and she gave him the motivation to stick with it and allowed him to improve. So the whole thing here with encouragement is don't emphasize a person's weaknesses. If they're bad at a task, don't draw attention to it. Focus on an aspect of the task they are, they are even a little bit good at, even if it's a little white lie. Even suggest that they have a natural ability uh, to do the task well. Uh, the confidence that you've shown them will spur them on to improve, especially if, you're, if they consider you to be an expert in it as well. Make the person happy is the next thing that uh, the author says. Convince the person that they want to do the thing that you want them to do. This will make them happy to do it. And, and there's a a great example of this before I've heard where everybody's already motivated. There's, motivation is, is a waste of time. If somebody's doing their job half-arsed, something somewhere is motivating them to do it half-arsed. Your job is to inspire. And uh, th this is what I guess, what this section of this book is about, about, about being a leader. So Carnegie gives an example of an employee at a, at a grocery store or a shop who was forever neglecting to put the right price tags on the items. And this made customers confused. It led to complaints, obviously enough. Despite being reprimanded numerous times, the employee failed to improve. The manager pulled the employee aside and told them that they were being made supervisor or price, uh, for price tag posting. And the new title and responsibility made them feel important and their performance immediately improved and they wanted to fulfill their new duty. So you can make someone happy um, by following the, the, these tips that, that Carnegie gives in the book. Make sure it benefits the other person and not just you. So whatever it is that you're going to do to make them happy, there has to be something in it for them as well. Know exactly what you want them to do. Be sure it is what the other person wants 
consider how they will gain from doing what you suggest, match the benefits with what the person wants, make the request so that the person sees how they will personally benefit. Hey, before you go, just a quick message about Tribal and what we're all about. We believe that true learning happens when you understand, remember, and deliberately practice your newly acquired knowledge. And this podcast just covered the first part. You now understand the key takeaways from this book. To help you remember them, we will send you three interactive summaries that accompany this episode to empower you to remember those key takeaways at the moment of truth. And then to really embed the knowledge from this episode, you can use the dedicated digital action log to set a time and a date to go out into the big bad world and deliberately practice the key takeaways. For all of this and for all of our podcast episodes, head over to mytribal.com. Until next time.